All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Hi, Vaughn. Hey, good morning, Simi. All right, let's update this BCGEU strike situation. I see the government has uh, done a little pushback. Yeah, there's some pretty strong pushback, actually, to this strike. Uh, and the government one is very interesting. So we got a statement from the government yesterday, uh, you know, with a little sort of nod to, oh, yeah, we like uh, free collective bargaining, blah, blah, blah. But then what do they really say? Uh, the message from the government is... Uh, We've already put the most generous wage offer in 30 years on the table. It amounts to up to 11% over three years. There is an extra pay increase for local, uh, sorry, for workers at the low end of the pay scale. So, uh, you know, the the ones that are hardest hit by inflation. Uh, There's a $2,500 signing bonus, and there is some inflation protection in the agreement. So, uh, the government is making a very, very strong pitch that uh, there may be some tweaking in the offer, but this is the third offer from the government, and this is as good as it's going to get from this government. Okay, so that's interesting, though, essentially, who put that statement out, too. It's yeah, Robbie Kalon. So the other thing is you have to notice it, right? So yeah. normally it would be the finance minister, Selena Robinson. She's on holiday. Uh, so it's the uh, jobs minister, Ravi Kalon, who comes out and makes this statement of defense for the offer. Well, uh, one has to note that it was Kalon's decision to not seek the leadership that made David Eby the unchallenged front runner. The rumor mill, of course, is always active over here, even in the slow season. And there's high expectations that Kalon will be senior minister in the EB government, if EB wins, as he's expected to do, and some people even think he might be the next finance minister of BC. So uh, that's a pretty strong message coming from this government that, yeah, we'll negotiate, and yes, uh, there's room always to tweak an, agree- an, uh, uh, an offer, but mm-hmm. uh, it, look, it's unprecedented. Uh, I can't recall a union having rejected three successive offers from a B.C. government, NDP or Socred or or B.C. Liberal. So the fact that the union has done that, that this is the third offer and they turned it down as well, um, this is a Brinks personship being played here. Uh, the GEU thinks that by going out and shutting down the liquor distribution warehouses, uh, they're going to win this. I'm not sure they will. Yeah, that's interesting because the other, I think, thing we have to factor in here is all these other unions that are also in the process of or getting ready to negotiate a deal with the government. And the situation is different. Yes, a very interesting statement that came out Friday from the Facilities Bargaining Association. Well, the facilities here are healthcare facilities. And this is the association that bargains for pay increases for workers in healthcare facilities. They are in a bunch of unions. A small number of them are in the BCGEU. But more than 90% of them are in one union, the hospital employees union. So these are all the the cleaners and the janitors and you know the people that look after us and do the rotten jobs in the hospital is probably what you say because they're not the technicians and they're not the doctors and they're not the nurses. So they've been bargaining as well. Their statement that came out said, we're going to put our talks on pause while... Uh, the GEU 
has this picket line and these disputes, even though it wasn't clear they were going to be putting picket lines up around hospitals, and I don't think they will. But the rest of that statement is really interesting. It says we were making progress, significant Mm. progress at the table. They say they'd made progress on benefits for, again, some low-paid workers, the low-wage redress, inflation protection, pay increase. What it implies, this is a very unusual statement, when you read it, it, it it's a, it reads like a statement of disappointment. We were getting somewhere at the table, and the GEU goes and calls a strike, and so we have to put our talks on hold, but they're not happy. I don't think they were planning to go on the picket line at all. So it's a fairly strong message that maybe there isn't as much solidarity in the public sector labor movement as we thought. That is so interesting because I would assume that part of what the BCGU's argument is, they are setting the standard, right, for other unions that are going to come after it. Yeah, that is the case. And But the, the, the other possibility to consider here is that the other unions are going, well, let's see if the BCGU gets anywhere. Uh, You know, they did get a third offer out of the government, so by holding out and rejecting the first two, so they got some improvements. But the other unions now, certainly with the hospital employees union, they're standing there and going, okay, let's see where this goes. Because now that they've moved to the strike phase, the picket line phase, even though they're being selective, um, the public gets engaged. So does the public think, we're now into an area where the public, do they think a $2,500 signing bonus and 11% over three years and the other benefits in there, especially given public sector benefits, tend to be better than private sector? Uh, What's the public think of this? Do they think this is a legitimate reason to go on strike? Uh, And I think that's maybe why the other unions are just watching on the sidelines and in one case, not very happy that these t- their own talks have been interrupted. That is so interesting because you're right about now that this is a public thing. Now that this dispute is involving the public, it does change the dynamic here. We saw that yesterday very, very quickly. Sure, it was limited you know, job action, targeted job action yesterday, but it had an immediate impact, Vaughn. Yeah, I thought that, you know, if you're going to go on strike and you're the the government employees union, I thought, okay, the shrewd thing to do is to go after liquor distribution because it affects business and industry that's dependent on liquor distribution. But it doesn't immediately shut down the liquor stores and affect the public. But, you know, it was interesting how strong the pushback was from the yeah. beverage licensees. And I know you had them on yesterday. And you know, the the thing there is, hey, we're just coming out of the pandemic. A bunch of our members barely survived. Some of them didn't survive. And you're now going to cut off the supply of liquor to them. And that's going to have an impact fairly quickly. Uh, so, you know, I think that one, um, maybe it wasn't such a shrewd calculation by the union after all. It may have flagged to the public We've all been through one hell of a lot in this province, and we don't know that going on strike for more than that offer that's on the table 
is really an idea that we, the public, can necessarily support. Yeah, they were very quick. The beverage licensees were to come out and, and make that point about how difficult this had been. Now you're punishing private businesses. And when you start making the argument of, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't have the union involved in the wholesale distribution, well, that is certainly not something the union wants to hear. I, I, that's a good point, Simi. And if you go back a generation or two, um, the only liquor stores in the province were the government liquor stores. And we got beer and wine stores and private stores. And the government employees union lost some of its leverage uh, because there were the, the private stores. Right. Well, you know, they're, they're, <laughs> they're running a risk here, I think, that there's going to be a – someone's going to raise a public discussion of, well, you know, why do we only have union control, yeah. one union controlling liquor distribution in the province? What if we open that up as well? The New Democrats aren't going to do that, I don't think. But, but – you know, they may not be government exactly. either. And it, I, this is, this, I think, uh, when I listened to all the feedback yesterday, I thought this may not be as shrewd a move as I thought it was. I think that was a very quick change. Because, I mean, you and I talked 24 hours ago, and then as soon as those other, you know, thoughts came forward, I thought, oh boy, yeah, this might be backfiring a little bit because their argument was, oh, this is just a small job action. And I thought, no, it is not. If, if the taps start to run dry, this is much bigger. Yeah, and look, the the inside thing with this government is it's not just that all three of these offers, including the last one, the, the one that the government says is the most generous in 30 years, those were all approved by the cabinet, in a cabinet that included David Eby, because it was before he stepped down to run for the leadership. So, you know, how do you persuade that government to reverse itself and put a much more generous offer on the table. Yes, you can go to the bargaining table, you can tweak, you can look for a face-saving outcome. But once you go on strike and you start promising your members that you're going to get a lot more, mm-hmm. which is the tone of what the GEU is saying, uh, you've got to deliver or you're going to have to back down. And I'm not sure that you're going to get this government to back down on this because their internal view is... They've already put more money on the table than they're right at the edge of affordability now. Yeah. And not just because, of course, because this is just one union. You're going to have to give the same thing to all 400,000 workers in the public sector. To some degree, they're all going to get the same settlement. So the government's view is they're already at the limit of affordability. There's some room to tweak, but there's not room to create a bigger, much more generous offer. And I don't know how you're going to get them to back down from that. I mean, unless, of course, David Eby loses the leadership to uh, Angelina, Angela Apadurai, who is saying, give the unions what they want. But, you know, I'm not betting on that happening either. Exactly. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Sim. Vaughn Palmer there from the Vancouver Sun.